Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Wondering why many in the financial world hate annuities? Well, let's find out. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money, the Worry-Free Retirement, with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four-time author, Tony Walker. As one of those rare advisors who understands both the investment world, a world we'll call Wall Street, and also understands the world of guarantees and protection, we refer to as the insurance world, one of the most common questions I receive from savers who are retired or nearing retirement is this. Tony, why do so many in the financial world hate annuities? Which is the reason today, and for the next 28 minutes or so, I'm going to not dwell so much as to why so many advisors on Wall Street hate annuities, but also share with you why so many savers, yes, such as myself, love them. As we explore this simple question, what's an annuity and why should you love them too? Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, the annuity king himself and well-meaning fiduciary, Tony Walker. And before we get started, let me introduce to you America's favorite financial sidekick in our Louisville studios on this beautiful October 4th, 2022, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good morning, Aaron. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, doing very good. And you're probably wondering, Tony, uh, I mean, how many shows have I done on annuities in the past, Aaron? You've been with me over eight years now, 20, 30 at least. Uh, I'm going to say 268. (laughs) I don't know. Actually, (laughs) a lot. It probably has been that much. But the reason I wanted to cover annuities, Aaron, what prompted me, I don't know, I'm holding in my paper, folks, through the magic of radio. I know you can't see this. Have you, do you remember this, or did you ever see this full-page ad I'm holding up? Oh, yeah, I helped put it together. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. I, I can't believe Gina still had this. I said, Gina, I thought we did because there was an old crusty fella. He used to be on TV all the time. I don't see him anymore. He had print ads and all this, and he would say, I hate annuities, and so should you too, or something like that. So I kind of duplicated the ad, but I changed it out to, and this is a full page ad, folks, I'm looking at. Let's see, this was in the Courier Journal, Sunday, August 16th of 2015 is when this ran. Full page ad. Don't tell Susan what I paid for this, Aaron. It was, it was pricey. Okay, I won't tell her that you paid 65000 for that ad. Okay, got it. <laughs> but it basically says, I love annuities and so should you. But here is the most interesting thing. I kid you not, folks, because today I'm going to cover the most common questions of annuities. And I want you to listen, Aaron, to the things I said in this printout. It says what you'll learn. Okay, you ready? Because it's interesting as I wrote these questions out for our show, they're almost the same thing. Learn why insurance companies can promise, again, this is a promise, guaranteed lifetime income. That was something I covered apparently on page four of this little booklet, which By the way, folks, we've revised this annuity decision guide booklet. It's called Annuities Made Easy. We'll tell you later how you can get a free copy of that. But let me keep going. And then on page 18, I said, learn how the ultimate form of mailbox money works. That's kind of interesting. That's what my granddad called mailbox money. That's that lifetime income. Mailbox money. Uh, This was interesting. On page nine, learn why granddad loved annuities and you should too. By the way, that's another thing. 
If you have a pension or are eligible for a pension and you hate annuities, well, you might as well turn over that pension to somebody else because, folks, a pension is an annuity, as we're going to learn throughout the show today. Oh, this was a good one. Learn what surrender penalties are. We'll talk about that today. Uh, Learn about the four types of annuities and why there's so much confusion about them. And then this is another good one. I was talking to a gentleman earlier who was asking about commissions and how us agents and advisors who sell annuities get paid. And I think people don't understand, as I was telling this gentleman, when an advisor, listen closely, folks, sells you an annuity, they're going to get a pretty good commission in most cases. They are under no obligation whatsoever to service that annuity. So what we're going to do today, and we're going to start this off with a few questions. Actually, I have several questions. What I've done, Aaron, and you've got those questions in your hot little hand, right? That's right. Okay. I got them right here. So America's favorite financial sidekick is going to read me the most, I guess we could say, frequent questions I receive on annuities. Now, keep in mind, folks, I've, I've sold annuities. I literally got licensed to sell annuities in 1984. I got licensed to sell securities uh, with Wall Street in 1986. So I'm one of those rare breeds. I'm very, very familiar with both the Wall Street products, okay, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, etc. We do offer those at Tony Walker Financial. We're not against those. But I'm even more familiar with these products called annuities. In fact, I've spoken all over the country to conferences. Uh, I had several of my peers dub me the annuity king because we sold so many annuities. So I know these products very well. And yes, just like any financial product, there's pros and cons. There is no perfect product out there, including annuities. So let's dive right in. And uh, Aaron, uh, I'm ready whenever you are. I've got my list of uh, questions, and we're going to jump right in. So fire away. All right. Well, here's the first one, Tony, and it's, it's pretty blunt, pretty straightforward. What the heck is an annuity? And that's, that's, uh, it's kind of interesting, Aaron, although we've had, what did you say, 260 shows on annuities in the past? Yeah, 268. Yeah. 68, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, even people who have watched my TV show, The Worry-Free Retirement, religiously, or listened to this radio program, The Worry-Free Retirement, and even though I've talked a lot about annuities, it's interesting when they actually come in for a meeting. Okay, this is when the rubber meets the road. I think when people are literally thinking about moving money over to Tony Walker Financial, whether it be savings, uh, an inheritance, a 401k rollover, a lump sum pension. I think that's when the rubber meets the road, Aaron, and I think that's when this question comes up because they really and truly want to know what in the heck is annuity. And I think what it is, Aaron, even though they might have been watching this show, now they're getting down to crunch time. Probably a lot of them have maybe talked to other advisors. Maybe they've been on the internet Googling around. And I think what happens is they get confused because of all the conflicting advice. So oh, I would, I would agree would with you that. Would you agree with that? Okay, Absolutely. I, I think that's the case, because really in its simplest form, folks, let me make this really simple. An annuity, first of all, is a contract. It is not an investment. It's a contract between you and an insurance company. So first of all, only insurance companies can issue and underwrite annuities. Now, you might be saying, well, Tony, I don't agree with that because I was just on uh, Charles Schwab's website or Fidelity's website, and I see where they sell annuities. Well, if you look closely, all right, you've got to look closely at this. If you'll notice those annuities, they might be sold through those institutions, but they're issued and backed by insurance companies. They have to be. And insurance companies, the thing I like about insurance companies, Aaron, is insurance companies, you got to remember what they're in the business of. The insurance company is first and foremost, is not in the business of investing your money. They're in the business of protecting it. Let me repeat that. 
An insurance company's main priority is not to invest your money. They're there to protect it. Um, so, Aaron, you, you own a home, correct? That's correct. Okay. Do you have an insurance policy on your home? Yes, I do. Okay. And you have to pay a premium, right? That's right. In exchange for the premium, you didn't know this, but you've got a, an insurance policy. It's actually a contract. Right. It spells out when they're going to pay you money and for what types of losses. Right. What's covered, what's, what's not. Covered, what's not. Yeah. Now, the reason you buy that policy, you don't have to say what your house is worth, but let's just say it's worth $250,000. My guess is, I pay you pretty well, but my guess is if that house burned down tomorrow, you don't have $250,000 sitting in the bank where you can just build it yourself, right? Uh, if that house burns down tomorrow, I'm knocking on your door. You're like, hey, I need a spare bedroom. <laughs> There's five of us. <laughs> hey, actually, we could put you up at 8303 Shelbyville Road. We'll hey, why not? Sure, yeah, here. we'll come hang out in the bungalow. You got a pool over there? We have a pond in the back. We have a pool and a pond. A pond would be good for you. Okay, so, so bottom line is, though, what you're doing, Aaron, really, when we're saying you bought an insurance policy, you transferred the risk of that house burning down and you having to come up with $250,000, and then you've transferred the risk to them, right? Right. So if it does burn down, they're going to pay the $250,000. Well, folks, what an annuity is trying to do is protect the money you give them, okay? Let's say it's $100,000. Maybe you've got 100000 in savings. But also, if you decide to get income from them, that's called an annuitization, they're going to guarantee you an income for a certain period of time or even for the rest of your life. So, Aaron, let's walk through this a minute. If you gave me $100,000, let's say I'm not an insurance company, and in turn I say, I'll tell you what, Aaron, I'll give you $6,000 a year for the rest of your life. That's a pretty big stretch, isn't it? Yeah. What is the one thing I don't know if I say I'm going to pay you for the rest of your life? What do I, do, what do I not know if I'm the insurance company? How, how long are you going to live? How long am I going to live? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody knows that. I don't know that. They don't know that. Nobody knows that's that. That's right. But insurance companies are so large and they work with so many people, they can insure that risk. So if you do live longer than they're expecting, they're going to pay you a lifetime income guaranteed. So first and foremost, folks, you've got to understand, if you're in retirement, and if you're one of those savers that doesn't want to run out of money, you're going to have to consider an annuity because that is, now this is unequivocally correct, folks, that is, an annuity is the only contract that's guaranteed to pay you income for the rest of your life. So no that, matter how long you live, no right? No matter how long you live. And okay. I have people that have turned on what's called their income riders, Aaron, and we'll show them that, hey, if this contract runs out of money, you still get income. And they don't believe it. They're like, how can they do that? Right. How can they know that? How can they do that? Yeah. It's the same reason they can pay for your $250,000 house when you've only given them $1,000. Not everybody's house is going to burn down. Not everybody's going to live a long time. Some people will die young. Some people will die old. But the insurance company has the wherewithal to cover that risk. Okay. So that's an annuity. Let's go to the next question, Aaron. All right. Next question we've got here is, why do so many people seem to talk bad about annuities? Okay. Well. I think we have to go back to granddad's retirement. So many of you listened to me talk about my granddad. He went to work for Bell South in 1932, retired in 1978, and he had as his only source of income, there were two sources of income. He referred to these as mailbox money. Mailbox money. He had a pension, compliments of Bell South. I still have that statement. My mom dug it up there and he had, he started out at $764 a month. I think I've seen that before. It's, it's crazy. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And then Social Security. So the reason he called it mailbox money is every day, and I've been with him before when he used to do this, he'd go out to the mailbox once a month, open the mailbox, smile, and pull out those checks. That's why he called it mailbox money. 
So back then, there wasn't even a 401k. It's ironic, Aaron, that in 1978, when granddad retired and got his pension, that was the same year they enacted into law the 401k plan. And here's my theory, folks. Prior to 1978, the vast, vast majority of folks out there who I call savers, like my granddad, owned zero stocks. Now, this can be backed up. This is a fact. In fact, it was estimated that after World War II, after the Depression, only about 10% of the people out in the world owned stocks. So the growth of the mutual fund industry, the growth of Wall Street occurred, and we can track this, there's statistics on this, after the introduction of the 401k plan. So what happened was employers quit offering these pensions, or at least started cutting back on them, the guaranteed income, the mailbox money, okay? Granddad never worried about running out of money. He didn't need a stock because he didn't want to take any risk. And they began to introduce these growth mutual funds, something before savers never even had access to. So what happened is, now we fast forward, what is that, 40 years or some odd, however many years it's been since 78. Literally, Aaron, the mutual fund industry is not in the billions, which it was back then. It's in the trillions. Wow. Because all of these savers have been coaxed into putting. So now all these people are starting to retire, right? Now we fast forward, right? All these people with 401ks are starting to retire. They're worried about running out of money. Right now, as we record this show on uh what is today? October 4th, October 4th, yeah. Yeah, the market is down. The stock market is down year-to-date 20%. Now, if you're retired or getting ready to retire, I can tell you this, because I just had about 15 appointments in the office yesterday, you're a nervous wreck if you've got 100% of your money in the stock market. So if the stock market is run by Wall Street and Wall Street hates annuities, do you think they're going to propose you consider an annuity, Aaron? Would you? If you were, no. no. <laughs> they're not going to make any money on that because they don't sell the product. So you also have to understand one reason they don't like annuities is their fee structure. Now, before I get on Wall Street and the amount of fees they charge, through our Charles Schwab platform, we charge fees as well. We charge eight-tenths of 1% to manage your money. So if you have money with Charles Schwab, if you have $100,000 with us, we're going to charge you about $800 a year, but we do everything. We pick the funds. We manage the funds. We send you money. We withhold the taxes. We go way above and beyond what most people do. Do you know the average fee that I see for a money manager, Aaron, that does the same thing to manage money? What do you think they charge on average? Do you think it's eight tenths of one percent? No, I'd say it's probably like three and a half, maybe four percent. It it can be okay. It, but to be fair to them, I'm going to say on average it's about one and a half percent or double. Mm, okay. So now think about this: if you have a business model, Aaron, let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars with a money manager, that means they're going to make fifteen hundred dollars per year, whether you make money or not. Is that making sense? Okay. Whereas with an annuity, if I offer you annuity, I'm not going to get any recurring fees on that. Granted, I'll get a one-time commission paid by the company. We'll get into that in a minute. But I do not get any recurring fees. You know what I have to do the next day? I have to get up and find somebody else that, can, that wants an annuity. That's, That's right. hard work. That's right. So in my estimation, what Wall Street's figured out is it's a whole lot easier to make money on other people's money by charging recurring fees. All you got to do is just keep the money there. That's why with the market down 20%, the only response anybody on Wall Street has is hang in there. I mean, what are you supposed to do? It's not really a great time to get out of the market necessarily and take a loss. So what most people do, they hang in there, but Wall Street still continues to charge those fees. And, and we do as well under the Schwab platform. That's why I try to keep the fees low. I don't like charging a bunch of fees when accounts are down. Okay. So, and then finally, I would say, why do people on Wall Street and money managers hate annuities? I think a lot of times, uh, Aaron, 
these people are what I call investors. They're not savers. So in fairness to the people on Wall Street that sell investment products, remember insurance contracts are not investments, they're to provide protection and guarantees. If I'm an investor, like a lot of people on Wall Street, well, of course I'm gonna think that everybody else is an investor as well, wouldn't you? Sure. Just, yeah, yeah, everybody thinks like me. And the problem is that's not the case. 90% of the people are estimated to be savers. And I did this through a study. I used psychologists from Western Kentucky University. We studied a lot of people. I wrote a book about this. And what we confirmed is most people don't like a lot of risk, the majority of people. So a lot of it is, folks, it's not that the investors on Wall Street mean harm to you. They just don't understand why you don't like all this risk. And there's where the rub comes in. Okay. So when we come back, more questions, more of the common questions. And leading up to that is we do want to talk about this idea of commissions. So if the person selling the annuity doesn't charge fees, how do we in this industry make money on the sale of annuities? Good stuff coming your way. I'm Tony Walker. You're listening to the Worry-Free Retirement, and you're going to find out why I love annuities, and you should too. Are you nearing retirement and does your employer offer you a pension? Do you realize that with interest rates going up, the value of your pension will be going down by as much as a 25% loss in value? Don't let this kind of money get away from you. Take action now before your lump sum pension loses value. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com or give us a call at 877-499-9255. Wondering how annuity peddlers can offer bonuses of up to 15 or even 20% on your money? Well, as the old saying goes, if it sounds too good to be true, there's always a catch. Here's my thoughts. Don't get stuck in the wrong annuity. Get a free second opinion from one of the leading writers of annuities in the country, Tony Walker Financial. To get started, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com or call 877-499-WALK. Is the person you're getting ready to turn over your money to a fiduciary? In other words, is that person required by law to work in your best interest? Well, if not, why not? My name is Tony Walker, and as a fiduciary, I promise to work in your best interest. So before you turn over your life savings to anyone, make sure they're a fiduciary. For a second opinion on your finances, give us a call at 877-499-9255. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. In case you're just joining us, you're learning why I love annuities and you should too. That is, if you're a saver, and uh, we're going to jump right back into some of the more common questions about annuities and why a lot of people on the investment side hate these products so much and why we have thousands of clients who appear to love them. So uh, America's favored financial sidekick, Aaron Orander, what's our next question? All right, let's just go on to the next one. Tony, how much commission does the advisor make and who pays them? And more importantly, are they under any obligation to service the annuity after the sale? Well, actually, I'm going to start with the latter part of that because that's a good question. The answer to you, you go out and buy an annuity, okay, and we're going to talk about commissions in just a second. Is the agent who sold you that annuity and makes quite a bit of money in many cases on the sale of that annuity obligated to service the annuity? And the answer is no. 
And Aaron, um, I may have shared this with you. It's very frustrating. There is not a week that goes by that I don't meet at least one. Usually it's more than that. Folks that come in, okay, they bought an annuity from somebody two, three, four years ago. And you know, what, you know why they're coming in to see me, don't you? Well, because their advisor's gone and they can't get in touch with anybody oh, and they well, don't know what to do. I got one coming in today. And we take notes on this when people want appointments. And literally the note is they're coming to see us because they took out an annuity from an advisor years ago and the advisor won't even return their calls. So folks, you have to, so let's get into commissions and it'll explain real quickly why sometimes you're not having your annuity contract service or you don't hear from these folks. First of all, when you purchase an insurance contract of any kind, home, auto, yes, annuity, somebody's going to make a commission. And, and technically, what is really a commission? A commission is a fee that is built into the price of the product to pay the person selling the uh, product. I mean, if you buy a house, right, Aaron, from a real estate agent, I mean, they're working. Right. They work. They, they, yeah, they, they work to do earn. things and yeah. look for houses for you. And yeah. Yeah, they got to get paid. But it's the seller that pays them. So if you're the buyer and you stumble across a house and you go buy a $200,000 house, you're not writing a check to the Right, you're not agent. writing a check to the agent. Right. The seller literally is paying that. Well, the same thing works with an insurance company. If you buy an annuity from an agent, and let's say you give them $100,000, and let's say the commission's 5%, well, you don't cut a check for $5,000 to the agent, nor does the $5,000 comes out of your $100,000. That's built into the price of the annuity. But you still have to understand that agent is paid by the insurance company, in that example, $5,000. And it can even be higher than that. Some of the higher commissions on some products, we don't sell these, but can get as high as 10%. So let's think about this a minute, because people are thinking, uh, yeah, maybe this is starting to explain why these dinner seminar invitations keep coming. Think about this. If you get a dinner seminar invitation in the mail for a financial workshop, and you go to show up at one of these nice steak places, well, they got the cost of the mailing, Right? I mean, there's probably $5,000 just to mail all these invitations. I used to do this years ago, so I know these uh, amounts, folks. Then you got the cost of a steak dinner for 40 people. Um, you got the gratuity. You've got, so let's say you're up to 10000 whatever that is. So all that person has to do, if they're selling commissionable products at 10% and they're out $10,000, all they got to do, Aaron, is sell one annuity for a $100,000 premium, and they've got it covered. Now, we have commissionable products too, and they're usually based on the terms. And as fiduciaries, we disclose all of our commissions. So we put in writing, if we're selling different annuities, and we have a lot of different products we use depending on the game plan, we will tell our clients right up front what the commissions are. And people love that because they don't mind paying. Most people don't mind people earning a good living. They just want to know what they're paying them. Well, yeah, I was going to say, most people don't want to be hit broadside with, oh, by the way, there's this and there's that. <clears throat> so, let's, and, so let's lead to the next thing. I know it's one of our questions, but I want to make sure we get to it. So you might say, well, Tony, yeah, but I don't see how that even works. How in the world can they afford to pay an agent? And what if, let's say, I decide to surrender the contract? Now, there's where they get you. You see, when you buy an annuity, okay, depending on the term, the longer the term, the higher the commission, if you get out of the annuity, let's say it's a 10-year term and in the fourth year you decide to cash it in, more than likely you're going to get hit with a huge surrender charge. And that surrender charge really is taking back from you what the insurance company paid the agent. Is that kind of making sense? Yes. So all of a sudden that commission rears its ugly head. So you've got to be careful when you're buying annuities. Always ask, what are the commissions? What's the surrender term? That's the surrender term. And then if I get out early, what are the surrender 
charges. Okay, so I hope that helps. All right, let's go to the next question, Aaron. Okay, next question. How much money should I have before investing in an annuity? All right, probably the only thing I have a regret on in annuities over the years, and I've done these for years, Aaron, is probably putting smaller amounts into annuities. What we like to say, what we've learned as fiduciaries, if we really are working in the best interest of our, of our clients, do you know how many people will call me and they go, hey, Tony, I got uh, $20,000, man, burning a hole in my pocket, or I got $30,000 at the bank. How about putting it in an annuity? What do you think I'm going to say? I've, I've heard you tell several people that's not worth it. Let's just kind of leave it where it is. You see, folks, in today's world, okay, here's what I've found. If you've got twenty dollars or $30,000, first of all, we're in tumultuous times. I know you're frustrated that the bank is only paying you 0.1% and you don't even get SNH green stamps anymore. But here's the thing. You don't want to start putting small amounts of money into an annuity if that's all you got. Because what if in the next two years, you got $30,000 in the bank and you think you don't need it, but what if in two years from now you've bought a long-term annuity and you have to cash in and you got to pay $3,000 in surrender charges? Would you be excited about that, Aaron? No. So what we suggest people is do not even consider an annuity unless you have at least $50,000 of investable assets. Now, that doesn't mean you take the 50 and you put it in the annuity. The reason we don't want to put money in annuities if people have less than $50,000 is because what happens if you might need it? Right. That there, that's not a lot of money anymore, folks. Years ago, my granddad would have taken 30000 probably would have bought an annuity because you didn't need $30,000 in 1978. Folks, $30,000 can go quickly today. That's why I say in these types of times, cash is king. I know you're frustrated you're not getting interest, but if all you've got is $20,000 to your name, folks, don't throw that in an annuity. Keep it liquid so that in case you need it, you can get your money out. So that's why at Tony Walker Financial, we like at least $50,000 minimum before we'll even talk to anybody about investing money into an annuity. All right, Aaron, let's keep moving. Do you have another question there? All right, Tony, next question. When should I use a fiduciary when purchasing an annuity? Well, first of all, let's define a fiduciary. A fiduciary, which we are at Tony Walker Financial, has to pass some rigorous standards and is under the scrutiny of the government. Like currently, we're under the auspices of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which means we have to work in our client's best interest. We are audited regularly. We just went through an extensive audit to make sure that what we're recommending is in the best interest of the client. So here's my thoughts. So if everybody out there selling annuities makes basically the same commission, depending on the product, you with me so far, Aaron? Yep and you had two people you were thinking about investing your life savings with. I mean, it's a big decision, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, you got your 401k or whatever. And let's say uh, advisor A is a nice guy maybe, maybe been in the business a long time, but is not a fiduciary, you with me so far? That's, yes. That's advisor A you're talking to, and they're talking about annuities. Then you go over to advisor B, been in the business a long time, great reputation, well-educated, but is also required by law to work in your best interest, knowing they're going to get the same commissions, right? You're not paying them anything out of pocket. Uh, and let's take that one step further. And then the other advisor B that's a fiduciary also has a staff of 14 people that are there to service those annuities and can prove it. Again, given those two choices, Aaron, what would be the reasonable choice? Person A who's not a fiduciary that doesn't have a staff trained in the process of servicing annuities or person B for the same amount of money is going to do all that. I would go with person B, the person who has my interest in, in mind. That's right. 
So if you're one of those persons right now, you may be sitting there saying, Tony, you know, yeah, I guess I've, I've got, I like the idea of these annuities. Maybe they're not as bad as I thought they were. I want to learn more about annuities. Here's my next question. Why in the world would you not at least talk to somebody that's known in the industry for their expertise in annuities, is a fiduciary, has been in this business 38 years, has written nearly a half a billion dollars of annuities. We have over 2,000 contracts with annuities. We know these products well. Why in the world would you at least not get a second opinion before jumping into an annuity? So we're gonna give you two resources here. The first resource is something I wrote called Annuities Made Easy. It's a wonderful booklet. Most people have told me that they really have been, it's been helpful. It's called Annuities Made Easy. You can order it online and download it at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. If the internet's not your thing or you don't want to download it, just call our office anytime. We'll mail you a free copy. Let me give you that toll-free number. It's 877-499-9255. And when you call, just say, I want the Annuities Made Easy booklet. And here's the next step. If you're retired, retiring soon, maybe just received an inheritance, a 401k rollover, got to make a decision on something financially and interested in annuities, won't you take advantage of our free 10-minute fiduciary phone call where myself, that's right, the owner of the company, will talk to you about your situation. All you got to do again is go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, click on that Let's Get Started button, TonyWalkerFinancial.com, click on the Let's Get Started button, and we will arrange a time to talk by phone. And if it warrants, I will meet you in person. And we can meet in either our Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky offices. Well, we're running out of time today. We hope you've enjoyed today's show. But you remember, between now and next week, if all else fails, you be worry-free. Make it a good one.